Well, it's a new intro. It's a new year, but it's still your favorite hockey podcast. It is Hockey the Podcast with me, Derek Alberts. Welcome to 2021. It's a pleasure to have you on board. I hope you had a fantastic festive season and you're starting the new year with a bang. We certainly are. And when I say we, I include my partner in crime, Tyron Jabu Barnard. Tyron, Happy New Year. Uh, Happy New Year, Derek. What a banging tune to get us going. Uh, We decided that uh, for the new year, it was time for a new uh, intro. And uh, what a great one it is. I hope uh, the listeners are enjoying it. And as you've said already, but that I will echo, Happy New Year to everyone. 2021 promises to be a big hockey year. Uh, Of course, it also promises to not be a hockey year at all because of what's going on. But uh, we'll, we'll err on the side of caution and say... It promises to be a big year, and already a lot of stuff has happened. Yeah, it really has. And, I mean, it was a running theme throughout 2020 uh, during our podcasts where we always spoke about the light at the end of the tunnel with regards to COVID-19. Unfortunately, uh, that light is quickly diminishing. I mean, we all know uh, the second wave uh, that has taken over the planet, particularly in South Africa. So as optimistic as we were towards the end of last year, Got to be said, uh, it's uh, looking like we're we're certainly on shaky ground uh, at the moment, which is very, very sad. But the best we can do is make the most of it. And um, we are stuck at home, uh, unable to to do much. We at least can bring you uh, the biggest and best when it comes to the world of hockey. And that's exactly what we're doing. And we plan to do that with uh, episode one of 2021, Ty. Yeah, absolutely. Before, and and, you know, what I thought about was... uh, you know, it's a new year, and so let's let's think about what 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 news has broken. And of course, uh, early on in the year, um, right, I mean, we've had the news that Kara uh, Buertis, who who was on the the show not that long ago, has decided to call time on her outdoor career. So she's basically withdrawn herself from the Olympic qualifying squad. We unfortunately heard about the passing of Fabian Gregory, um, and of course, we have seen that. Uh, that some of the um, uh, African uh, continental qualifiers have all had their dates changed. We've seen the new under-21 men's squad placed. But ultimately, for 2021, the biggest focus item is the Tokyo Olympics. Now, in chatting to various people, we are very, very sure that the Olympics will go forward. They will probably not have fans. It will probably be empty stadiums, empty facilities, or very, very limited with a lot of COVID protocol. Um, but ultimately, that is the thing we're looking most forward to. And of course, South Africans, and, and in particular, South African hockey fans can be excited because the South African hockey men and the South African hockey women are going to the Olympic Games. And I thought, well, what a better place to start with then one of the players who's going to be charged with taking her team over there and leading uh, her team to hopefully what will be a very successful Olympic Games, and that is uh, none other than Erin Hunter, as many of you would know her. But of course, since she last played, uh, was I think it was right near the last time she played, she decided to throw away the Hunter, put on the Christie. She is our current outdoor national captain. It's Erin Christie, 59 caps. Three goals for the country, defensive superstar, and uh, guest number one for 2021. Welcome, Erin. Thank you so much. Really, really excited to be here and to chat to you guys. 
Sorry, uh, my son was just telling me he's hungry, but my one-year-old son. <laughs> so it doesn't sound like this. It doesn't say I'm hungry. It says, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna try and mimic it at all. Erin, uh, obviously, a, a little bit of excitement, a little, a lot of frustration in terms of hockey right now. January is supposed to be a bumper time for the South African team. You had a, a selection camp that was cut short because of COVID problems uh, or COVID uh, risk. You have a whole bunch of teams that were supposed to come out here um, and haven't been able to come because of, of COVID. You know, what is what is the state or what is your current mental state in terms of hockey? Yeah, look, obviously there's been a lot of uncertainty and um, a lot of interruptions to what we would have liked to have t- taken place in the beginning of the year and, and the end of last year. But um I think that we, I mean, we could spend hours crying, moaning, complaining about it all, but uh, we have to look forward and we have to do the best with what we, what we have and what we can do. Um, so I'm quite excited about, about the plans that we do have, have going forward. Uh, we are probably not going to get that much in international competition, if any, um, but that is just a, a matter of what's going on with COVID-19 and, and the pandemic. And there's nothing we can control regarding that. So, yeah, so I'm trying to stay positive and, and, and trying to look to control what we can control. And, and that's a great, a great mindset, control what you can control. Obviously, there's a little bit more clarity with regards to sport, but hockey uh, being a sport that doesn't have as much financing as uh, its big brothers and sisters in the, in the country means that although we could host national teams, we'd have to create a bio bubble. Uh, creating a bio bubble is a very, very expensive thing. Um, and so for that reason, we aren't able to have any teams in the country right now. Yeah. And I think um, th- that's a, a huge disappointment for us because I think the best preparation to play international teams is to play international teams. Um, so, you know, we're very, very disappointed about not being able to get that international competition under our belt, but we know this, the, the state of South African hockey and that we are, are not professional and um, we, we cannot as the athletes afford to go into this bio bubble. So um as I said, I mean, we could we could sit here and complain for the next 40 minutes or so, but there's nothing that we can necessarily do about that. So we have to try and make the best with, of, with what we have. Aaron, good uh, good morning. Uh, Derek, yeah, it's great to have you on board. Uh, I, I, I love your attitude. You say, I mean, we could sit here and complain for the next 40 minutes, and we certainly don't want to do that, well, particularly from your side, but... Um, I have to ask, I mean, it must be exceptionally disconcerting uh, to have gone through 2020 with all the changes that took place, the scrapping of the Olympics, all the postponements of the Olympics. And I mean, everyone spoke about 2021 being the big, bright future. And we just need to get over the hump that is 2020 and it will be clear as day. And of course, that that hasn't been the case of anything. uh, It it could have potentially got worse. So, uh, I, I mean, from... From myself and Ty's side, uh, we're in the business world. Um, we can still operate from home most of the time. That's not the case with you. Uh, apart from your regular job, of course, being a professional athlete means that you need to be out and about. You can't be stuck at home. Um, I mean, were there stages where you thought, you know, do I pack it all in or, or, or this is getting ridiculous? Or 
Uh, I mean, like I said, I think disconcerting would be the, the most appropriate word. Yeah, definitely, Derek. I think there definitely are days where I just want to be a toddler and lie on the ground and kick and scream and throw a temper tantrum to express the frustration and, um, you know, the the complete um, roller coaster that that this COVID-19 pandemic has brought to the hockey to our hockey lives let alone um, our, our normal lives but um, as you said 2021 was supposed to be the light at the end of the tunnel and while we've started 2021 halfway through January and um, I, can, I can just see quite a bit of darkness with with regards to hockey um, so yeah there are definitely days where we feel like we, we need to pack it in and kick and scream but I think um, for me personally and um, for, for the rest of the squad, we are trying to stick to the program that we do have. So we're fortunate enough to have a fitness program and, you know, uh, which tells us what we're supposed to do each and every single day. And, you know, by having that, it gives us something to do at least. And um, if you stick to that, it's, it's a positive um, motivation that you are doing something every single day. Um, in preparation, not as much as we would like to be doing. We would obviously like to be out on the turf. We would obviously like to be playing international teams, but um, we are trying to stick to the program that we have and um, excited that we'll be able to get back on the turf from next week. And um, we've got an exciting uh, kind of centralized weekends program coming up, which I think we're all kind of looking to, to be our positive light um, in this what's lo- what's turning out to be a dark 2021. Yeah, that, that's the other thing. And I, I spoke about this quite a bit last year in that I, I know other countries certainly have followed suit, but there's no question that South Africa were of the strictest countries when implementing the lockdown. Uh, most other countries now are, are experiencing uh, similar such restrictions. But uh, it's amazing how resilient South Africans are. And we all know the, the well-known phrase, the Buamaka plan, and, and I think that certainly has been the case with South Africans because instead of wallowing in self-pity and complaining and moaning, we've knuckled down and, and made provisions and plans. And, and I've seen the exact same thing in the sporting world. Uh, you're not the first to say um, what you managed to do to, to get over the fact that, yeah, obviously you're restricted in terms of, of training outside. Uh, and and it, it has been enlightening to see how we have managed to overcome the restrictions uh, put in place? Yes, definitely. I think um, hockey as a sport in South Africa, um, outside of the COVID-19 pandemic, is full of uncertainties. Um, we, we don't have a professional program that is fully funded. So, you know, we're used to things chopping and changing and um, we used to being thrown curveballs. So I think that has kind of helped us um, accept the curveball that is the COVID-19 pandemic because it's kind of um, ingrained in us with, with regards to the hockey program. So, yeah, we, we've, we've tried to look forward. We've tried to stay positive and we've tried to kind of keep the, the machine that is the South African women's hockey team moving forward and, and keep our eyes on the goal, which is the, at the moment the Tokyo 2021 Olympics. So, I mean, Erin, obviously, if we look back at your career, we're talking about Olympics and Olympics are going to be the big feather in the cap. But you've had a a pretty cool uh, experience in terms of your career so far. I mean, 
we go back a few years now to uh, Gladbach, where you played in the, the Junior Hockey World Cup uh, alongside the likes of Pumalela Mbanda, Nicole Walraven, Lene Milan. So, so you started there in international exposure. Uh, you've been to the, the World League. You've been to the Africa Cup of Nations and, of course, the Commonwealth Games. Uh, building up now towards the Olympics, what what stood out for you? What what's been the the highlight of your adventure so far? Um, yeah, there's a, there's a number of different things. I think you mentioning the the Junior World Cup in Munchen Gladbach. I was actually looking at pictures and some video clips of of that last night. Thanks to load shedding, um, going through the old my old archives on my laptop, and um, I mean that was a great experience. My first kind of major. Uh, international tournament as a youngster and you mentioned a couple of names there who I'm still playing with today which has been been great to to kind of come through the ranks with with those certain players and um, yeah then then jumping into the the national team obviously my first cap is 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 a blur but um, something that is I hold very close to my heart and that I'm still very very proud about you know being able to to put on the green and gold and represent my country for the first time. Um, Tournament-wise, I would I would probably have to say uh, the Commonwealth Games, uh, even though the hockey side of it, um, they, I have a lot of disappointments and a lot of regrets about about that. But you know, just being able to experience the major games and to kind of see. Um, the professionalism that can be within sport. Um, it's probably the most professional I've ever felt um, being looked after in a village and, 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 and the village life. Um, so, so that for me is, is, is obviously a big highlight, but um, yeah, every, every, to be honest, every time I take the field with, with the, the 17 other girls alongside me is just something that I hope I never take for granted because each and every single moment are just so, so special. Absolutely. And, and then, I mean, obviously there are certain moments that'll stand out. I mean, like you say, your debut, uh, you know, playing in front of a bigger packed audience at the Commonwealth Games, your 50th cap down at Stellenbosch where you played uh, a bunch of your, your hockey earlier in your life. Um, and of course, obviously that first goal that you ever scored, uh, do you remember it? I must be honest when you were when you were reading a little bit about me in the beginning I'm quite surprised to hear that I've scored three goals um, <laughs> because I, I'm obviously a defender and not not really one to to get up in the D which I'm trying to change so 2021 look out um, but yeah I'm very surprised to hear that I've scored three goals for my country and that's really exciting for me um, I think I can remember it uh, it was it must have been um, in Cape Town. Uh, at Hartleyvale, um, I think Lillian Duplessis with the flick, I'd, push, I'd injected from a short corner and whether the ball was going in the box already and I got a stick to it or whether I put it in the box, I'm not sure. But I think the bottom line is my name was on that score sheet and um, that's something I, I think, I, I mean, I think Lil was as, as excited as I was that I managed to actually score a goal. So, yeah, that's really, really cool to hear that I've scored three goals. Well, well, you've got a goal against Kenya, a goal against Namibia, and of course that first one against Chile, which you have described perfectly. I, I always ask this because, you know, I've spoken to Lillian and she's got over 100 goals in her career and, you know, they can't even remember. Strikers can't remember the goals they scored today. I, I was also a defender and in my whole life of playing hockey, I think I scored eight goals in, in outdoor hockey. And I can remember 
every one of them. Okay, maybe not anymore, but I could back when I was playing still. Um, so, you know, there's always something a little bit special when a defender scores a goal. Uh, I mean, I did one score a great goal, um, and, and uh, excuse my humility here, but uh, it was on grass, and a, a defender, I was in the other D because it had been a short corner, and then the ball had gone out for a long corner. A guy crossed it in. It was before it had to move five meters, and a vendor cleared it, but he cleared it. He smashed it, and I ducked because the ball was coming straight at my face. But when I ducked, I didn't pull my stick down. My stick was up. It hit my stick, flew over the keeper and into the back of the net, and everyone was like giving me a hug for a goal, and I didn't know what had happened because I was busy uh, changing my underpants because – Crack myself, but um, yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, goals are great, but uh, being chosen to be your country's captain now that must have been something special. Uh, do you remember how it came about and when the talk was given to you, and and also how how did you feel when you were told, Aaron, you are the country of your na- uh, your captain of your national team, not the country? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't go so far to say I'm country. Um, but yeah, it, it was really just um, unbelievable. It, it was obviously a process. I think um, for me, I was included in the leadership group under Sheldon Rostron um, for the for the World Cup in, in London. I was included as kind of a bit of a youngster being involved in that leadership group along with the captains and, and, and a couple of other senior players. So that was kind of my first bite at um, leadership in, in the national team. And um, at that time, I was kind of really surprised, like why am why am I being included? Um, but then, but then settled into the role and, and played the role as best I could. Um, and then, I'll never forget um, after after the World Cup when when Sula was retiring and um, uh, she, you know, it, it was her kind of last last tournament, and she came up to me. Um, one of the last games after one of the last games and she said to me um, she actually handed me her captain's band and she said to me Erin you you the next next leader of this team and um, I was I, I mean I was I almost just burst into tears in front of her and gave her a massive hug and said you know thank you um, but that was that was a real real honor um, for me someone of her caliber and her experience and who she is um, identifying me as as the next leader of the team and then, of course, the there was a big change in, in the team and, and Rob van Ginkel came on board with, with his set of staff. And um, I, I had had a, I just recently moved to Joburg and, and so my relationship with Rob was kind of developing. Didn't really know him much before that. But um, after, after a couple of training sessions, you know, we would have a couple of discussions about where he sees the team going and he would always pull me aside and, and talk to me about it. So it was a process of, of kind of Rob and I figuring each other out and, and seeing whether we could align and uh, be on the same page. And then he, he made a decision and he said to me, look, I want you, I want you to lead the team. And uh, that for me was it's just unbelievable. Um, it's obviously a great honor playing for the team, but to be able to to lead the team out and onto the field is is indescribable and something that I'm I feel very privileged to be able to do and um, something that I'm very honored to be able to do. 
Yeah, it, it certainly is an honor to, to captain your national team, regardless of the sport. I've worn the armband uh, on a few occasions in, in sports, but I mean, they're largely uh, meaningless roles. Uh, I can you imagine that's certainly not the case with you. But, and again, I come back to COVID. I, I think in this time, it's even brought in a bigger role because now you've got to captain a team which is in, in some form of chaos. Um, and I'm not talking just your team, but any team really. Um, I mean, what extra pressures has it brought on being the leader, being the person that everyone turns to in times of, of frustration and, uh, and the unknown? Yeah, it certainly it certainly hasn't been easy. Um, mainly because you know the team is is spread out all over the country, and without that physical interaction with one another, um, that face to face interaction, everything has to be done via via a computer or, or a cell phone, and it's very difficult difficult to a lot of the time gauge where where everyone is and what everyone's feeling and and whatnot. So that's been really difficult. Um, I've kind of relied on on players contacting me and, and with if if there are problems or, or things that we need to deal with or or the processes that we need to go through. But yeah, it's definitely been very difficult um, during the COVID time where we haven't had as much face to face contact with one another. And 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 I mean even for for the coach and, and the coaching staff, you know, to try and manage a team that is spread out rather than kind of nearby and, and, and you get to to have that personal interaction with one another. So it's definitely brought its challenges and, and I can't promise that I've been perfect, but um, I've definitely tried and um, hopefully we'll, we'll get to see each other soon and, and make sure that everything is still going the way that we want it to go. So you alluded about the move to Johannesburg. Tell us a, a bit about your background before coming to, to the big smoke. I mean, that's daunting in itself. I also made the move many years back from the coast uh, over here? Yeah, so um, I grew up in Johannesburg. I went to went to school in Joburg. And then when I um, was deciding what university I was going to go and study at, I was fortunate enough to go to Marty's on one of their hockey camps. And I came back from, from the camp and I said to my parents straight away, right, I've made the decision. I want to go to Stellenbosch University. And um, it was a big shock to them because both my parents are rodents. They met at Rhodes and my brothers both went to Rhodes and my aunts went to Rhodes. So, you know, we were, we, we were, um, I was supposed to go to Rhodes, but, but I, I knew that I wanted to take hockey seriously. And I knew that Stellenbosch University was the place for me. So when I matriculated, I went to, to study at Marty's and uh, I spent five years there. I did my, my BSc and then did a postgraduate certificate in education. And once I had finished with that, I then went and spent a, a season in England where I played for Holcomb Hockey Club, which was an absolutely incredible experience to be able to play um, competitive hockey week in and week out. It was really, really great. And then um, it was getting difficult for me to, to be over there. And I was teaching in England too. It was getting difficult to be over in England teaching and playing hockey and still being a part of um, the national team. So I made the decision to, to move back to South Africa um, so that I could, could commit fully to the, the South African women's program. And um, Joburg being a massive, oh, sorry, Joburg being kind of the, the hot spot of, 
of the the country where I knew that there were a lot of national players based and around. Um, I then made the decision to to move back back to Joburg and and continue my hockey career from there. And what has it been like? Yeah, it's been really really great. Um, I'm actually teaching at the school I went to, so it's kind of like returning home. Um, so it's it's been really really cool. I'm playing for the Crusaders Hockey Club, which. Um, is also coached by Rob van Genkel. So <laughs> Rob and I really spend a lot of time together. Um, but it's, it's been really, really cool. And as I said, I think the, the Gauteng girls, we, we're really lucky to have so many of the national players based in and around Joburg um, that it was definitely the right decision because we spend a lot of time together. We do running sessions together during the week. Um, so it was it was the right decision to move there and be based there purely because um, without a centralized pro- program, uh, living in Joburg is probably as most centralized as as things can become. Yeah, Aaron, and and obviously uh, you've played some hockey in uh, the Western Cape. You played some hockey with uh, the Raiders, the KZN Raiders, and obviously with Southern Gauteng. I mean, if you could categorize that. The, I mean, I know we're one hockey country, but those are three, the three major centers are very different culturally in terms of, of their hockey and how things are run. Where do you think your game is really the most suited? Yeah, very, um, very, very different, different um, areas and different styles of hockey and different cultures. Um, it's difficult to say where, where I think I'm the most suited. I think I've got, I've got bits of all of the, the provinces that I've carried along with me. I think my hockey, my, any good hockey that I started playing started in the Western Cape, um, in the Western province at Marty's and then, and then playing for Western province. It's kind of where my hockey career started taking off. So, you know, it was it was great to be a part of their their setup and their culture and learning as much as I could from from those around me there. And then I had a, a short stint with the Raiders, which was a, kind of a, fr- a, f- a breath of fresh air, just something completely different. So I think um, the Raiders girls, you know, they've got that Durban chilled out, um, laid back, um, cool vibe about them. So it was really really cool to be a part of that and. Um, I actually won my first provincial ladies IPT gold playing for the Raiders. So, you know, I'll obviously um, always be thankful for them for accepting me and, and, and um, helping us, helping me get my first um, IPT women's gold medal. Um, and then coming back to Southerns where, I mean, <laughs> I, a lot of people can say a lot of things about Southern Gauteng hockey, but um, there is, there is a winning culture that comes with Southerns and, um, I think we we've we've got a culture that that's it, it is a tradition and a history um, that that comes with Southerns and um, I'm not saying we get it right all the time and not saying that that Southern Gauteng shouldn't be the villain of of every IPT but I'm also privileged to play to play for them and um, to be a part of this setup and and um, yeah to take my hockey career further with the Southern Gauteng ladies team. Yeah, it's a. I mean, it's a phenomenally strong team, and it's been a strong team for for many years. And I I started in Eastern Gauteng, and then uh, I was never a provincial player really. I was a provincial coach more, but also moved across to Southerns. And I understand exactly what you're talking about. We were we were often seen as the villain of the piece, but merely because we had the most schools, um, the most quality schools to pick from, and and a lot of people were just frustrated about that. And 
you know, it's the same. We get a lot of players that move to Joburg just because economically that's the best place for them. And so we have a, a great pool of players to pick from. It has been a very strong team. And, and again, as you say, you are a defender, yet you still are managing to stand out as an outstanding defender in a team that doesn't have the most defensive work to do during an IPT. And, and that's no disrespect meant to any other team. I mean, obviously, there are games that are tight. Northern Blues are fantastic games these days. Uh, the Raiders, uh, a little bit of a dip the last two years. But they are great games. But, you know, Southerns can often go and play some of the smaller provinces and, and run over them a little bit. So, I mean, do you find that sometimes a little bit frustrating as a defender that your team's are so strong and then you take the step up for national and it's a little bit different. Yeah. I mean, I think not, not necessarily just at provincial level, but I think um, at, at any hockey level uh, in South Africa, um, the, the step up from that level to national level where to international level where we, the defenders have to do a lot of work um, it is tough, but um, it's, it's the games like, as you mentioned, playing against the Northern Blues at IPT, playing against the Raiders who, who um, may not be in the, in the best um, position over the last two years, but, but we know we'll always bring something. Um, and then the classic Gauteng Western Province rival, you know, those games where I know that I have to um, focus on, on, on being defensive and, and playing my role. But even in the other games, I think there's always something to learn in every game. And um, it's about, for me, trying to be consistent. And, and even though we, you may be and at club level as well, even though you may be playing a weaker team, to try and keep your, your disciplines and make sure you still are becoming a better player. And it's obviously not always easy. I mean, a lot of the times, um, my, my team members have to t- have to remind me that I'm a defender, and I and I and I need to also do defensive work. I can't just just go on the attack all the time. But um, yeah, I think in those games, um, there is still something to learn, and there is still disciplines that that you need to you need to play and and make sure that you're not getting into bad habits. So um, even though. Uh, a lot of the time, or not a lot of the time, but even though we play weaker teams at an IPT or during the league, I try and make sure that I'm still learning and growing as a player. Um, so, yeah, it's, 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 there's still something to get out of each and every game. Erin, you mentioned something uh, great earlier, and I know all sports are different, but I mean, just looking at uh, like the rugby and cricketing side of things, if you appointed coach of the national team, then you, you say goodbye to your domestic outfits and uh, yeah, you don't really spend much time with players uh, when they're outside of the, the national training camps or actual matches. Of course, that's not the case with hockey. And, and I think that must be a massive benefit for you. You mentioned you and Robin are both at Crusaders. Um, yeah, I mean, that certainly can't harm your relationship, uh, if anything. I mean, it will just make things go from strength to strength. Yes, definitely. But um, in saying that, there's also the, <laughs> the, the added pressure of the coaches watching you all the time. Um, you know, there's no, there's no kind of getting, getting away from it. I mean, every training session, every club game, you know, my national, my, my national coach is watching me and um, making sure that, that I'm not messing around and, and just having fun all the time. But um, so there is, there's, there is that added pressure, but I think it's great. Um, yeah, it definitely, definitely helps our relationship. And because at a club level, you know, we can be, we can be friends, we can have fun. Um, we can, we can have the laugh, we can have the banter. 
Not that that disappears completely when, when it comes to the South African ladies team, but obviously um, there, there is a bit, there's a lot more seriousness that comes with that. Um, we still have our laughs and our banter, but we also know that um, we've got a great role to play. So um, we, we, we get to have, have the fun and, and the mess around a little bit at a, at a club level, um, which obviously helps our relationship when we get to, to the, the national team um, where we, we can bring that, that um, positive, fun relationship and uh, then, then start taking a little bit more seriously. And I can imagine during these times of little to no participation, uh, the, the communication between the two of you have been, uh, has been prominent, um, given the fact that, that you obviously don't see each other that much or you can't really see each other that much. Yes, definitely. Um, not just not just with Rob, but I think with with a, a lot of the management and a lot of the players. Um, in order to keep things moving forward, there has to be a continuous stream of communication. Um, actually, I don't know. I don't know if you could have could hear it on the on the audio, but I got a phone call about ten minutes ago, <laughs> yeah, and did. that was. Yeah, that was Rob phoning me. Um, so I'll, I'll have to phone him back after, after this. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's a constant flow of, of communication, making sure that we're all staying on the same page and we all... Oh, Erin, have we lost you? No, I'm still here. Uh, there we go. There we go. Yeah, 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 perfect. Erin, um, do me a favor, please. Don't you want to phone Rob back while we're doing the show and put him on speaker? Okay, let me see if I can try and do that. Thanks. <laughs> He's been a guest on the show as well, obviously. Uh, love to hear what he has to say. Look, if it's if this is pre-recorded, so if it's anything that's got to be under the radar, then we'll just cancel it out. Okay, let me phone him back and see. Cool. What he has to say. Thank you. This is going to be great. So for those, that, here we go. Come on, Rob. Hopefully we're not playing the missed call, missed call game. <laughs> oh, hopefully he phones, oh, ho- hopefully, yeah, hopefully he phones back luck. now. I'm sure he will phone back. If he does, make sure to answer that call. <laughs> okay. Um, and, and, I mean, we spoke about your move to, to Johannesburg, your move back to Johannesburg, but there's also another significant move that you, you made last year. Uh, Brabo. Yes, yeah. So um, that was that was really exciting for me um, to be part of of the Bravo team and um, getting Bravo kind of uh, up and running in South Africa. So um, I'm loving. Oh, here's Rob. Yeah, we Can go. I answer. Yeah, go for it. How's it, Rob? Fine, thanks. Um, you are on speaker, and uh, I'm busy with uh, Tyron and and uh, Derek, and they and they asked me to answer your phone call while um, chatting to them. Cool. Um, that's not ideal. Are they still online? Yeah, they can. They can hear you. Hi, you Rob. Hey guys. Chat away. Chat away. Don't reveal too much uh, uh, squad selection discussion. Okay, I won't, guys. Um, 
all the best for 2021 and Aaron, make us sound really good and prepared, okay? I'll try my best, Rob. Okay, cool. Um, but give me a call later. I actually just wanted to meet up for a coffee to chat around planning and stuff going forward. Okay. I'm flying back to Joburg this afternoon, so um, tomorrow, anytime from then, I'm available, especially with schools being yeah, moved so, out. Well, exactly. I'm in the same boat, so maybe Monday next week we'll, we'll chat and I'll, yeah. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. Thanks, Rob. Cheers, bye. Cheers, bye. Cheers, Rob. <laughs> Just exactly like you said, the constant communication and, uh, yeah, you're going to be meeting up for a coffee next week. Yeah, it looks like I've got a, a coffee meeting with Rob on Monday. <laughs> so uh, we just know that uh, for all those kids who want to try and, and uh, use your spare time to come and find Aaron and Rob to get uh, autographs, um, they will definitely meet at a Seattle coffee company based on, on Instagram, but uh, you'll have to guess which one it is. Yeah. Yeah. We can play Hunt, Aaron and Rob on Monday. Uh, yeah, Aaron, sorry. You were, before uh, uh, Rob decided to join the call, that I guess that makes it his second appearance on, on the podcast. But uh, um, yeah, you were, you were telling us about your move across to uh, Bravo. Yeah, so it's been really, really cool to to um, be a part of Bravo and uh, get them up and running in, in South Africa. I'm loving the equipment and, and the, the apparel that I've been given. So, yeah, really, really exciting to be a part of the Bravo team and uh, hopefully we can continue to grow in 2021. Yeah, I almost had one of those you're on mute moments there. Yeah, it's, it's a very exciting brand, obviously. Uh, we both know the team behind the team and uh, they're... Uh, very committed to to their stars and it's obviously fantastic to see it's a, a brand that's very very big in argentina just uh starting to make waves here in south africa so uh they couldn't have asked for a better ambassador uh for <laughs> for the product yeah so uh, as i said I'm, I'm really privileged to be a part of the team and um they're, they're very professional in their approach and you know i'm constantly getting contacted asking if everything's okay um, and, and really getting the special treatment from them. So it's been really, really great to be a part of the Bravo team. And uh, let's just uh, ask the the important question is, that which Bravo stick are you currently using in case there are kids out there that are very intrigued and interested? It's um, the Bravo Elite, um, the orange stick. Yeah, <laughs> is that, is that a good enough, is that a good <laughs> enough you- explanation? Putting you on the spot as we do here at Hockey the Podcast. Yeah, right, so. it's the Bravo Elite X3, I think it's called. Um, it's the orange one, and it's the really nice one. Yeah, so, so to the team at Bravo, yes, it, we'll put a picture up with the podcast so everyone can see it. <laughs> no problem. But, uh, yeah, Aaron, I mean, obviously, the, the other thing that I wanted to ask you about uh, uh it's it's interesting because as you said, you've played in strong teams, you've played in um, teams that have been quite dominant, but it was very interesting for me. Uh, you know, the PHL has a lot of criticism around it in terms of the fact that the quality is not as high because you're putting people together um, very last minutes and you're asking them without any practices to play. Culturally, they're different. Coaches don't really know the players necessarily. But in your time with the St. Lucia Lakers, you are definitely one of the people who utilize the PHL to enhance your reputation with, with solid, solid displays. Yourself and Cara Buertis, uh, who we mentioned earlier, uh, forming that uh, defensive partnership that became incredibly difficult 
to break down. What was your PHL experience like over the years? Yeah, PHL has always um, been quite an exciting and, and I, I like to think of it as the fun tournament um, because, you know, I suppose with, with an IPT, you know, you've got that pressure of you representing your province, you know, you need to go out there and do the best and, you know, there's a whole lot of history behind it and, and a whole lot of rivalry and, and all of that. So um, that's that's IPT, but then PHL, as you said, is just kind of a a bunch of players joined together from all over. And um, I suppose if it continues, the, the rivalry rivalry, and all of that will, will, will grow. Um, but, yeah, it was really, really fun to be a part of the, the PHL and to play for the St. Lucia Lakers. I'm still hunting for my, my PHL gold. Um, but, yeah, really, really cool. It came with its own challenges, um, as you mentioned, different styles of play um, with the different players, coaches who do not necessarily know all the players personally, um, so it had its own challenges, but um, as, as I mentioned previously, I think with every game and with every opportunity, there's something to learn and something to help you grow. So I tried to grab onto that. And then, um, as you said, you know, with Cara Buertis being in the team, um, we've played hockey together um, in, in lots of different teams. So that obviously also made it fun. And um, we, we kind of pushed each other and challenged each other through that as well. So it was a really, really fun experience. And I, and I hope that it continues and I hope that I'll eventually get that um, gold medal for the St. Lucia Lakers. All right. And and before I give you over to Derek for the famous one question quiz, the first one of 2021, I want to ask you now, we are in a game. The three of us are part of the squad. We can just pretend Derek and I are playing for the women's side. Um, And it's halftime. No, it's the end of the third checker. We won nil down, but we're in this game. It's a tight game. And uh, you get told by Rob, you've got 40 seconds. Talk to the team. Tell us what you're telling us in that huddle. Okay. Uh, are you starting the timer? Uh, yeah. Let me go. There we go. Okay. Um, guys, we won all down, um, but we are putting them under a lot of pressure. I think that this this game is ours. All we have to do is just just put that extra 10% in. Um, we know what we have to do. We have to trust the process and, and make sure that we are still sticking to the game plan. But in that, we've got 15 minutes to give out everything out there. So it's about that extra yard. It's about that extra sprint. It's about every little bit that we do now that is going to make this dif- the difference in this last chucker. So I'm ready to give my all in this last chuck. I'm ready to walk off the pitch and make sure that I know that I've given my everything. And if each one of us, um, does that. I'm telling you, at the end of the game, this game will be ours. Lovely. That was superb. Derek, I'm actually, you can do the one question. I'm going for 5K run. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how, many, how, many, how many seconds was that, Ty? That was 37 seconds. So, so, so the extra three, you could have added, just keep the ball away from Derek. <laughs> if we are to have any hope of winning this. Uh, no, that was superb, Aaron. Really, really well done. Uh, yeah, you'd certainly motivate me to, to want to win and, and I know well, I can't play the sport at all. Uh, but yeah, really, really good choice uh, in terms of words and a phenomenal choice in terms of the powers that be in making you the captain of South Africa. So, Erin, without further ado, let's head over to the one question quiz. Live in the moment till I die. Okay, so Erin, uh, everyone knows Erin Hunter as being a phenomenal hockey player on the planet and the captain of South Africa's outdoor team. But, it's a very loaded question this, but can you tell me 
who or what Erin Hunter is in the literary world? Uh, she's uh, the author of the book books about cats. Well, <laughs> that, that was very, very easy. But do, do you know that it's it's not an actual she? Oh, no, I didn't know that. It, it's actually not even a person. It's it's a pseudonym. Is it a cat? No, no, it's it's a pseudonym. Uh, a, a whole lot of authors decided to get together and create a series of books. And I'll tell you what, it's a hell of a lot oh, of books. Wow. There are so, so many. Um, and the authors were Victoria Holmes, Kate Kerry, Cherith Baldry, N. Bali series, Tui T. Sutherland, Casey Wildham, and Rosie Best. So talking about a whole lot of authors, and collectively they decided what name can we come up with to best describe a brilliant author, and they thought, well, let's create the name Erin Hunter, and that's what they did. So it's a pseudonym <laughs> that creates all these books. They, they, they're fantasy novel series, and there's so, so many. Um, they're very well known, but of course, they, they're not as well known as uh, our very own Erin Hunter. But uh, more importantly, you smashed this one out of the park. I, was, I suppose it kind of is easy, given the fact that there's two very famous names, but uh, I love <laughs> the fact that a whole lot of authors got together and they came up with your very name. Yeah, that's that's interesting for me. As I said, I just know it from people saying to me, I typed your name in Google <laughs> and what came up was a whole lot of books about cats, this woman who writes about cats. So that's kind of where, where I knew it from is people typing my, trying to type my name in Google and find me. Um, and then they said they added the word hockey. <laughs> and 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 there, and there I popped up. So yeah, definitely not an author, but um, uh, I, I can. I'm glad I'm known as the hockey player, and not the author. Well, on on their Wikipedia page for the book series, it says Aaron Hunter, and then right below it says for the South African field hockey player, see Aaron Hunter field hockey. So wow, that's, so you that's are directed cool. there from from this book series. Uh, but what we do definitely want from you in the future, and I'm talking within the next month or two, is a photo of you holding up one of these books. I think it's only fair. Challenge, challenge accepted. Brilliant. I, I'm excited. And there, there's so many. I actually can't believe. Uh, I'm not going to give you the specific books that we want because there's so many and I don't know how hard they are to find. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think that's a great idea. Hey, Ty? I, I love it. I think that will become our new uh, Facebook cover. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Erin, it's been so great chatting to you. And uh, you say, well, you told Rob that you're flying this afternoon. Yes, yeah, I'm back. I'm, I'm visiting my parents. I'm in PE for a little bit. Oh. Um, just visiting my parents. My brother was was uh, down from Switzerland, so I got to spend a little bit of time with him and uh, back up to Joburg this afternoon. So do they do they live in PE? I, I grew up there. Yes, yeah, my parents, my parents, when I went to university, they decided to slow down their life a little bit and get <laughs> out of the hustle and bustle of Joburg, and um, they moved down here to, to PE. Yeah, they, they chose the right place if they wanted to slow down their lives. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to our PE listeners, but um, they will understand. <laughs> Yeah, Derek, uh, yeah, thank, thanks for that. We are down the whole Eastern Cape. Thank you. No more listeners from there. Thanks to the man from the Eastern Cape. But <laughs> that, thanks to Aaron, we'll win them back. So, Aaron, thanks very much for the time. I wanted to get you on for a while, but obviously being a school teacher and we try and record these during the mornings, um, we, we managed to find a good use of, of COVID lockdown times. Yeah. So thanks so much for having me. It's been really, really cool to chat to you guys. And um, yeah, um, keep supporting us on our journey and hopefully it will be an exciting one. 
Epic. Uh, we look forward to seeing what you do with the, the national women's team this year. And uh, hopefully it all, all things get cleared and uh, the team can go to Tokyo and compete with or without fans. Yeah, keep the dream alive. Thanks, Aaron. Travel Thank safe so and we'll much. see you soon. We can't wait to see that photo. <laughs> I'm going to start hunting today. <laughs> Cheers. Bye. Uh, she's going to hunt. Uh, yeah, Hunter, Aaron Hunter. <laughs> uh, oh, I love it. I love it. I mean, Derek, that that reminds me of a joker I told you the other day. Yeah. Um, did you hear that uh, they've closed the borders in Finland, so no one's crossing the finish line? <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good one. I'm going to use that one for those fans. Yes. Yeah. Erin, yes, Erin, escape while you can. <laughs> he he, he okay, doesn't cheers, stop. Guys. <laughs> cheers. Thanks yes. so much. Cheers. Bye. Bye. <laughs> oh, that was superb. But what a what an absolute legend. Uh, and I know we every single time we end up speaking to our guests, we we end it with those words. But again, it is true. And, and well done, Ty. I know you said that you've been trying to get Aaron on the on the podcast for a long time, and uh, so glad that we we did manage to find finally get her on, and uh, it was worth the wait. No, absolutely. I think uh, you couldn't have had... A, I mean, 2021 has not had the best start, but we could not have had a better start to walk in the podcast. And you know what, Derek? You know what they say, the best thing about cliffhangers is... What? Oh, and there he goes. He couldn't end without another dad joke. He's becoming famous for them. Uh, but uh, we would. Uh, that's why we love him. Uh, thanks very much, Tyron Barnard. Thank you very much, Aaron Hunter. And from me, Derek Alberts, welcome once again to Hockey the Podcast. It's good to be back. See you soon uh, for the next episode of 2021. Cheers.